Welcome to day two of the Bible 365 podcast. My name is Randy Gudo, and I'm so glad that you're here. Together, this is going to be an exciting journey as we read through the entire Bible in one year. If you're interested in some of my other work, be sure to check out my website, randygudo.com. And if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to my other podcast, go check it out. It's called Randy in Real Life. Today is day two, and we'll be reading Genesis chapters three and four. Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 23, and chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, Psalm chapter 2, and Proverbs chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. The translation that I'm using throughout this podcast is the English Standard Version, also known as the ESV, and our format is the one-year Bible. Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, She gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman." And between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, 
Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Genesis chapter 4. Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built the city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, and Irad fathered Mahujael, and Mahujael fathered Methushael, and Methushael fathered Lamech. And Lamech took two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other, Zillah. Ada bore Jabal. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all those who play the lyre and pipe. Zillah also bore Tubal-Cain. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal-Cain was Nama. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord.
Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 23. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together, against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me... I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry, and you perish in the way. For His wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in Him. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 7-9 through 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck.
we're going to pray, and then let's just talk a little bit about some of those passages we just read. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. God, I just lift up our listeners, no matter where they are. They could be driving. They could be at work. They could be having a morning cup of coffee before they start their day or even going to sleep. And I pray that right here out of Genesis that you just reveal hope, especially in Genesis 3 and 4. Can any hope come out of Genesis 3? Lord, I believe so, and I believe you're going to just unveil that to us right now. Thank you for being so faithful to an unfaithful creation. God, I don't want to shift everything to Adam and Eve, but Lord, even in my own life, in our own lives, where we've rebelled or turned away from you or went our own direction, and yet you were faithful because you love your creation. So we come to you humbly, and God, I ask that you'd give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that is receptive to you, to your Holy Spirit. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Okay, let's go ahead and get into Genesis 3 and 4. And we're going to primarily stay in these two and mainly chapter 3. What heavy, heavy reading, huh? And you know, something came to me when I was reading today on this mic for for this episode. And I want to share that here in a minute as well. Something I've never thought of or saw before. I want to say that in Genesis 3, that you could just take one aspect of this chapter and, and just be here for an hour. It's so loaded. It's so heavy and rich with content. And so we're only going to hit some high points right now. That's all we're going to do. We see here the introduction of this serpent who was more crafty than any other beast of the field, the Bible says. Who is the serpent? And why is he having this conversation with the woman? And why did it say when the woman ate the fruit that she was commanded not to, that she gave it to her husband who was there with her? Where is Adam in all of this? Why didn't he take authority? A lot of people will want to blame Eve, blame the woman. But, you know, when God comes into the garden, the first person he goes to talk to is the one who's in charge of it, who's in authority, and that's the husband. It's Adam. He says, where are you? And what does Adam do? He blames his wife. What does Eve do? She blames the serpent. So, so many things are taking place right here. They, you know, uh, the last verse of chapter 2, verse 25, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now they're, they recognize that they're naked and they're ashamed. So they're, they sewed fig leaves to cover themselves. We see this serpent here causing them to question you know, whether or not, um, you know, it's the same picture of this Satan when he was tempting Jesus in the wilderness. Here, this is something that's taking place in a garden. And he's asking the woman, did God really say? He's causing her to question what God said, which is so much of what Satan did in the wilderness. You know, in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, it says this, And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Revelations 20 verse 2 says, And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. So here's this serpent 
and he's having this conversation with Eve. She takes the fruit and she does the thing that God said not to do. Adam does the thing God said not to do. And then here we are today. So why is there pain? Why is there suffering? Why is there war? And when you read this passage, God told him exactly what was going to happen. He laid it out for them. There's consequences for the woman. There's consequences for the man. And those same consequences have been passed down. I think there's, and this is what came to me when I was reading this today. And some will shake their fist at God. Why did you allow this to happen? As though he's the one to blame. It's the same thing, blaming him. And you know where God was? He was right there. Here he is. He's walking. He's searching for them. He's calling them out. He's asking these questions. Where are you? Who you been talking to? Who told you you were naked? What is this that you've done? You see these same questions in chapter four with Cain. Why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? What have you done with your brother? There's a level of accountability here. But here is God. He's still actively involved. You know, I mentioned this that in yesterday's in that yesterday's episode in Genesis 1 and 2, 46 times you'll see the name God. And here, when you get in Genesis 3, go count them. How many times the name God is mentioned? He's right there. God did not leave us on his own. God didn't leave Adam and Eve on their own. He had to kill an animal and clothe them with it right there in the garden, which is another beautiful picture of what's to come, symbolic of, of, of Jesus. And we don't have time to get into all that right now. Look in Genesis 3.15, or let me read it to you. When God told that serpent, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. That is a picture of who we're also reading about in Matthew chapter one and Matthew chapter two right now. And that's Jesus. God had a plan right here all alone. What happened? What was the result of rebellion? Shame. What happens when we sin? When we rebel against God, you know what it leads to? Shame. Accusation. Blame shifting. We see it now. Murder. Where Cain murders his brother Abel. You also see it now where you know, one of Cain's descendants takes more than one wife. Polygamy. You know what I love about the Bible? God doesn't hide anything. And for some people, people will read the Bible and they will see wicked acts of men and try to assign that blame to a holy, perfect creator God who even in the midst of the greatest rebellion in history still begin to work a plan. And as we stay steady on this podcast, you're going to hear more and more about this plan. There's something I want to say too. I hope you're getting something out of this. And again, I'm just kind of just, this is off the top of my head and I'm kind of talking fast right now, again, because there's a lot of reading. So it's impossible to break down and to be like a scholarly commentary. I, I just want to hit the high points. Sometimes commentaries don't make much sense to me anyway. But this this right here also gets me. It just, it moves my heart. It, it breaks my heart, actually. 
it says that in verse 23 of Genesis chapter 3, it says, Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. And then verse 24 says, He drove out the man. You know, being sent out and being driven out, to me, sounds like two different things. You get this picture here that Adam's not wanting to leave. He doesn't want to leave that garden. He doesn't want to leave that place where God would come down in the cool of the day and walk among the garden with him. And yet he has to go and he has to be driven out. You have the the angel, the cherubim with a flaming sword turned every direction so that there'd be no access to the tree of life. We're going to read about that later on as we're reading through the Bible. So many fascinating topics, right? Look, the Bible is so loaded with so much information. Uh, if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, and there have been some really awesome weirdos out there, right? <laughs> that would take something. There's been probably more conspiracies out of the Bible from Genesis probably than any other book, maybe. Anyway, hey, it's going to get good tomorrow. It's going to stay good. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, hey, we have a lot to chew on, right? There's a lot to think about. So think about it. Let me know some of your own thoughts. What are some of the things that the Lord is showing you or speaking to you? I'm sure we'd be here all day if 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 we we're just to talk about everything. There's just so much. I'm so excited again to be on this journey. This is day two. We'll be back tomorrow with day three. Have a blessed day.